ladies and gentlemen, sit back and get comfortable. But not too comfortable. It's the WCHL Podcast with WCHL Commissioner Christopher Perry and Andrew Majorkirk. Well, it is that time of the week again. This is the crappy WCHL podcast, and I am the WCHL commissioner, Christopher Perry. We don't have Andrew Majorkirth on the line, but we do have a very special guest all the way from Salt Lake City coming back again to help us out. It's Anita Suchia. Anita, say hello to the people. Hello, people. Anita, do me a favor. Just say your name. And What I'm going to do is the next time we do this, I'm going to cut it, and whenever... Ben, the guy that does the intro, whenever he says Andrew Majorkirth, I'm going to punch in what you say right on top of that. Oh, my God. All right. Yeah. So go Tell ahead. When. Get, you go. Anita, Anita Tuchia. There we go. See, we're going to, I'm going to, next time, I promise we will have a, a better <laughs> intro specifically just for you. Are you going to have the Fred Flintstones breaking noise? <laughs> Maybe we I will. about that. I don't know. I, yeah, maybe I maybe I I can stretch that one out a little bit. Yeah, that's what I can do. Would, would you prefer the uh, the the skid before or after your name? Oh, uh, I'll let you choose. I hadn't even <laughs> thought of that. All righty, Anita. Well, hey, we're glad you're back. Thanks for uh, for joining us all the way to, from uh, scenic Salt Lake. How is the weather? It got cold down here in, in the flat plains oh, of Oklahoma my City. Goodness. Yeah. How is oh it? my goodness! Well, we went from one day being in the low seventies to two days later being in the high thirties with a hard freeze overnight. <laughs> oh my really gosh! Cold. Yeah. It wow. Like, all the trees are just kind of looking like they didn't like in the up in the mountains. They've been turning colors, right? Because the nights have been getting cooler. But down in the flats, the leaves just kind of withered because they were like, we didn't get a chance to turn color. We're just going to like shrink here. Nobody told us. But, Nobody told us, right? Nobody warned us that, like, we went from, like, you know, kind of Indian summer to dead of winter, although we do get colder. But it was like, yeah, we've had about three nights in a row in the kind of hovering in the low to mid-30s. One night, I think it dropped down to, like, just under 30 degrees. Like, we got an actual freeze. But, yeah, it's just been insane. So, on Thursday, it was like pouring rain, but it was probably in the 70s. And then on by Sunday, we were they were predicting it might snow while I was at a soccer game. Wow. Outside of a soccer game, we're like, great, it's going to snow. Wonderful. No, no, thank you. It's too early for <laughs> yeah. snow. It, you know, and especially too early when there was like no ramping of like the seasons didn't so much as change as they just kind of like flipped over. Isn't that the truth? It's just like a, uh, they just changed the channel. They went immediately from fall to winter. It's like, hey, who stole the remote? Quit playing around. (laughs) Like, who's messing with the air conditioning now, for heaven's sake? Oh, boy. Well, hey, that's, that, what that means, though, is that it's hockey weather. So it's appropriate for us, even though we're not hockey folks, to talk about hockey on this not hockey podcast. So, yeah, I'm not a hockey person. Yeah, no, I don't know not, what I am. Neither am I. I've, I've been told I'm not a hockey person by people who think they are hockey people. So that's, I'll take their word well, for it. Well, it must be true then. Yeah, whatever. Um, <laughs> all right. Hey, uh, let's see what's changed since the last time we had a uh, uh, a podcast. 
Um, the 2023 national site, has that been selected by the ACHA? What do you think, Anita? Uh, I'm guessing by this little note here next to the uh, national site 2023 that says, ha! I'm guessing that means no. <laughs> means no. I think it's been selected. I think they just haven't said anything. And they why haven't. Why are they just like, why are they just waiting? I mean, you know, is it going to upset somebody if they make the announcement? Like somebody who didn't get picked for the tag team is going to like be mad? I have, I have no clue. I used to be involved in those high level discussions, but, um, and I used to soar with the Eagles, but I was. They picked me out pretty pretty quickly, pretty early on, that I was just a turkey, and I did not belong up there with the uh, rest of them up in the eagle's nest. So I'm guessing you probably said something that's just like ruffled people's feathers. I, you mean the truth? Um, well, yeah, it beats me. I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm sure. Whatever it was must upset somebody. Well, pe- pe- <laughs> people don't like to hear the unvarnished truth every now and then. So. Uh, yeah, I'm not much for uh, I'm not much of a politician. So, but hey, anyways, <laughs> um, the 2023 national site has not been officially announced, but I think very unofficially, uh, we can once again say that it's going to be in a city that has an arch. It's in the Show Me State. It's probably it's in the city that was once considering sending their NHL team to Saskatoon. Really? Because they were, yeah. they were well. Because St. Louis wouldn't build them a, a stadium, so they threatened to move the Blues to Saskatoon. You can't say the cities. Wow! Oh, I screwed it up. We're gonna have to beep that one out. Oh no! I know. I'm so oh, sorry. No. Uh oh. Uh oh, we're gonna have to beat that uh, one out. It's all right. But we, when you bring, see what happens when you bring amateurs on. <laughs> yeah, right. We'll just say uh, officially, the word is not out, but I think very unofficially, it's not Saskatoon. It might be the other place that Anita just mentioned. <laughs> yeah, right, the other place that Anita didn't mention. No, I didn't. You're bleeping it out. <laughs> You're gonna save me, right? Uh, yes, yes, yes. I'll bleep that. Out. No, no, that would require me to make some do some effort. So no. <laughs> yeah. And and you know what? I think this is how crappy our podcast is i was talking about the 2023 national site we know where we're going for 2023 that's boston we're talking about 2024 so that's right yeah never mind let's see i'm just to screw up and 2025 (laughs) um the year after that (laughs) no clue yeah that one had two ha's yeah not only do we not know the site we don't even know the dates so um, we we have the dates for 2024, but we don't have the site. And for 2025, we don't even have the site or the dates. So, anyways, that's the ACHA it's at its finest. It's all just a big mystery. It it's will. just a big, huge mystery. It's a secret for them to know and for us to find out. We're not. But on what's a, not a secret? Yeah. Is many preseason ranking polls. Isn't that funny? Nobody keeps that a secret. <laughs> No, no, they they like to get so all that. Can I ask out. a dumb question about the rankings? Sock it to me. Why does ACHA have so many preseason polls? Because I'm pretty sure, right? Other athletic organizations have one. Yeah. Well, what are so we? Does, what are we talking about? We only have one preseason ranking, and then we have the coaches' ranking that comes out. It's for the first month, and that's mainly so that teams can have a number in front of their their team name when they play somebody in the months of September and October. So we only have two. We have, we have a ranking and then, and then one coaches poll because, we, because my understanding with other organizations, they have 
just one period, and it's just a co- uh, coach's poll. Yeah, there's no, not even a ranking. No, we have we have uh, the way the ACHA, especially men's division one, works is we have a uh, a preseason ranking that's voted on by the coaches, and then we have like the first month we have four. Um, actually, we have three coaches rankings throughout the year um, that are just popularity contest, right? Because if you look at the right. some of the team records, they're just crazy. And it's not based on anything that they've done this year as much as it's based on team reputation over the decades. And then we kick in through the season. We kick in, uh, effective November 1st, we kick into the computer. And that's what we use to determine who goes to nationals. So there's only, we only have one preseason coaches ranking. um, And then we have the first three of the year are coaches rankings. And then after that, it's all computers because we eventually have... Um, enough games for the computer. The computer needs at least three games to crank a to, to crunch oh, numbers for a team. Right, 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 right. So right. If, not very if, relevant if you have like two games or one or sometimes you know or some one. people have only played you know a couple of games. They've you know some people have it's played true. ten games. Some people have played only two. It's true. So uh, so yeah so that's why we do what we do now in in the WCHL. I do a little preseason coaches poll where I just ask the ten. Uh, coaches, you know, anonymously rank uh, how they think the the season's going to shake out, but that's not that's just once a year, and that's a preseason thing, and it's always fun to kind of go back and see how it uh, see you know how the actual results compared to how the coaches thought it was going to uh, right, do. But, right, right, but, right. But so that the you know we but we only have one in the ACHA, one preseason ranking. Oh, okay. Yeah. But I guess then the other question is, it just seems like. But but the computer ranking. Now that you explained to me, you reminded me that you need to have a minimum number of games for the computer ranking to actually kick in. Now that makes sense. But again, it's like I kind of like look at like the junior college NJCAA. They have one preseason coaches poll, and that's it. Yeah. And then the next time, the next time you see a ranking, it's based on games. So you don't see anything else till they have enough games in. Right where they can actually produce, yeah, in, a ranking. In different divisions do it do it differently. Men's division one, uh, men's division one does it differently than men's two or men's three. Um, in, in fact, oh, that's I, a good point. I think that yeah. women, they do it even differently than women's one and women's two because I, I think all yeah. I think all three of those other uh, four of those other divisions, I don't think they do a preseason ranking. I think they literally just wait to do a uh, the computer ranking they wait until they have enough until they games. get enough games yeah yeah and I then think you're right women's two i believe you know once you get to the computer men's one kicks it out once a week i know one women's one kicks it out once a week yep men's two kicks it out once a week but i think women's two and men's three i believe they kick theirs out men's three might be once a month and women's two could be either once a month or once every three weeks. It's on an irregular basis. Right. Um, well, and we've talked about, you know, lack of resources, lack of, you know, being able to get games in in an expedient fashion Yep. in some of the lower divisions. So that makes sense to me. So, okay. Yeah. Well, I just thought I'd ask. No, there you go. It's a great question. Great question. Hey, the last coach's ranking of the season will come out tomorrow. We're recording this on Tuesday night, October the 25th. Um, the second ranking, the second coach's ranking, I guess the preseason and then ranking one, ranking two, ranking number two came out. It's the third ranking, but it's really ranking two. And, uh, Nevada, Las Vegas is, is tied for number one with Minot State. 
Central Oklahoma. Central Oklahoma from the WCHL is number four. ASU is number 12. Missouri State, number 18. Arizona, 20. Utah, 21. So we have six WCHL teams in the top 21. And then we have Grand Canyon, uh, Colorado, and Colorado State were receiving votes. They would have been, if you'd extended the ranking out, they would have been 30th for GCU, 33 for Colorado, and 34 for CSU. So nine teams in the top 34, six in the top 21. That's not too shabby for a conference with a dope for a commissioner. So, yeah. So, uh, yeah, not, not bad. And then, uh, so the last coaches ranking of the season will come out tomorrow on Wednesday, October the 26th, and that'll come out at 12 noon Eastern time and which is what 11 central and 10 o'clock mountain time. So that should be fun. Um, and I'm, I'm sure we'll get, get a little bit of movement. I mean, we saw some movement in this one. Again, it's just a it's just a, a popularity contest as far as I'm concerned. Arizona State moved up one spot from 13 to 12. Missouri State dropped a spot from 17 to 18. U of A dropped two spots from 18 to 20. And Utah moved up a spot from 22 to 21. So it's just, you know, as, as far as I can tell, I, these coaches, I don't know if they put an awful lot of thought into it. They just take the same 25 deck chairs and rearrange them once a week as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> Yeah. And, and you know, I mean, they're they're well aware too that essentially it, it, it's not like that ranking does anything for them. No, no, really. Ha, so they ha, know that too. Has no effect on nationals. It has no effect on. Yep. So uh, someone asked me, a coach from another conference actually hit up uh, me up on email and asked me some questions about the ranking, and he was worried that this ranking this coach's ranking would was used somehow in the uh, computer poll to you know artificially inflate uh team so that you know when the computer kicks in if say illinois who hasn't won oh, a game so all season like long a, yeah. some kind of a handicap or something yeah they thought this was like the base that the computer worked off and and i was like nope 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 the computer doesn't give a rip about anything but game results and it, Which is why we see these positions often changing dramatically once we get the computer oh, we, kicking in. Oh, Anita, hey, from your lips to God's ears, the uh, <laughs> next next Wednesday, November 2nd, is my favorite day of the <laughs> ACHA year because that's when the pretenders get smoked out and that's when some folks that uh, should be more deserving but aren't respected by the coaches, that's when they get the computer gives them the, the respect that they're due. So like, yeah. like th- this is just me. I fully expect to see uh, Colorado State to move up into the top twenty-five. I fully expect How about to, Arizona State. I f- I think Arizona State's going to move up a heck of a lot higher than number twelve. Oh, and then number twelve—that's just insulting. Yeah, I think Missouri State is probably going to drop a little bit from the eighteen spot to where they are. Uh, the you know they might. If they stay in the top 25, they'll probably be at the fringe of the 25. I think Arizona and Utah um, might move up a little bit uh, from where they are. So uh, I, my, my favorite time of the year is the chaos that is unleashed. <laughs> you know, Other than nationals, I love it that week when, when the computer kicks in and people start getting real because the computer don't lie. The computer... That's uh, right. You know, it's... Uh, come on, they have... Illinois receiving votes, uh, they would have been number thirty-five in this. Illinois hasn't won a game all season, so they're. And you're going to say <laughs> right, that, right, 
right. Yeah, it's just insane. Yeah, you're going to say that they're one of the best teams in the top half of uh, of the ACHA, number 70. Out uh, of 70 teams, they're in the top half of 30. They're number 35. No way. They're, you know, That's 50, crazy. 60. Yeah. So, whatever. Anyways. Hey, uh, everybody, I mentioned it last week. I'll mention it again. Everybody has their uh, conference schedule for next year. So... That's in everybody's hands. Um, the we'll be playing twenty games, uh, twenty conference games next season. So folks are now this is scheduling season. In addition to playing games and recruiting kids and practicing, it's uh, just a crazy time of the year to be a hockey coach in the ACHA because they're also trying to fill in some holes on their schedule with some non-conference games. Right. So, yeah. Right. And but, people forget how early you have to plan this kind of stuff. You it, really do have to plan it this early. And it gets earlier and earlier. I'm telling you what, <laughs> it, Anita, it, I've, I, I, my goal was to get it to in coaches' hands by October 31st, by Halloween. And I, this year I had to get it to the coaches um, on or before October 15th because there are, oh some, there are some teams that needed it uh, for budgetary purposes. Oh, and right, because they got to go run to their to whoever's their you know accountant and say, all right, here's what we're going to need next year for traveling, or to their athletic department to right. you know, plan the plan an appropriate budget. So yeah, it it just gets earlier and earlier. It just drives me kind of you know nutty sometimes. But, I kind of uh, liked the game last week where name a team and then you would name who they were going to be like, who well, was going to be away at home. Uh-huh. That was pretty funny. Hey, hey, hold on. You know what? We can, we, we, I think we can still play that game. Hold on. You know, I have in front of me, I have the WCHL five-year crossover schedule, the cycle. So yeah, go ahead, Anita. Give me, we'll, we'll play the game for you since, uh, since you, you heard it. And Andrew, you know, he's, he's not the sharpest knife in the drawer. So, uh, <laughs> Go ahead, give me a, give me a team, and even I'll though play. he is a science teacher, can you believe that? Doesn't that just scare you? Oh my god! <laughs> I don't know him as well as you do, so I have no idea what what I would expect from him hey, as a you, science teacher. You, you know what? Here's what you should expect from him as a science teacher: uh, a whole lot of uh, yeah. Here you go. Oh. That just scares me. Speaking of which, aren't they aren't they coming out with a a reboot of the like a movie reboot or something? I, Beavis I, and Butthead. I, you know, Andrew is the Beavis and Butthead connoisseur, so he might know that um, just because he. I definitely am not. I I only yeah. know who they are. He's he's he's, he's <laughs> like around. a yeah. He's a thirty five forty year old man who is in you know, but he's trapped in. in, in he's got the brain of a thirteen year old boy, so he he'll know all that crap. I have no clue. All right, hey, come on, Anita. Give me, give me a team. I'll tell you who they're playing next year. Okay. Well, let's just go for Utah. Utah will since be. I'm in Utah. Utah next year will be at Oklahoma, and they will host Colorado. Ah. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, here, and we'll do another one. We'll do. Um, you know, we'll do. How about? Well, I, we just did Oklahoma. Oklahoma will be at. Uh, they'll host Utah, and they will be at Arizona next year uh, colorado wow. state will go they'll host unlv and they'll be at arizona state uh that was going to be my second second ask yeah so interesting yeah we kind of we and ha- you've got this planned out five years that's it's on that's a, f- a pretty five years long 
You know? That's a pretty long cycle. Yeah, it is. And uh, is this on an Excel spreadsheet? It is. It is, as a matter of fact, <laughs> and, and it's in the it's in the inbox of every single coach. So, yeah, imagine wow. that. Now, if they knew how to open it, that would be a miracle. But um, <laughs> geez. well, and they probably need to open it on something besides their phone, right? <laughs> well. Hey. Come on, that might be asking a little too much, Anita. Be, I don't want. I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to. I have to. I. I need to work with these folks. These ten fine folks. Uh, that might be asking a little much. Hey, we had some games this past week. Let's get into some WCHL games. Three teams won the week because they did not play at all. Uh, UNLV was off. Arizona State was off. Oklahoma for the second week in a row. Well, no. Wow. I think yeah, Oklahoma was off. Uh, so yeah. And, and so, yeah, I think Oklahoma's done playing for the month of October for the most part, which is kind of oh, crazy. Dear. Yeah. They're, they're gonna, they're gonna have to reacquaint Boy, themselves really, with the ice rink. They are really going through the, uh, the rebuilding as they say. Yeah, they are. They're, they're in more ways than one. Uh, but Hey, all the other seven teams were in action. Arizona went up to Michigan. They did. They went, stepped out of conference. They're doing some cross pollination for ranking purposes and yeah. also to get ready for nationals. And they, uh, played three games in three days. They started Thursday, Friday at Michigan Dearborn. And then they played a Saturday game at the number three team in the nation, Adrian. And according to the coaches' ranking, Arizona's number 20, and they played at number 16, Michigan-Dearborn. And here, I'm just going to look to see how Andrew predicted. I think he said, you know, I got it right here. He said, yep, Arizona and Adrian were, and Michigan-Dearborn were going to split, and they did. Arizona, he was correct. He was correct. Arizona won the, uh, the, the Thursday night game by a score of 5-3. to three. And then uh, Michigan Dearborn got them back the next night, uh, three to two in overtime. That actually goes down as a tie in the eyes of the computer. Oh, that's so right. yeah, and it looked to me as if uh, on you know fr- on Thursday, boy Arizona found every way to score. They scored a power play goal, a shorthanded goal, and an empty netter. Wow! So uh, yeah, and they're they're they they scored they. Um, Michigan Dearborn had a goaltender that played lights out at at nationals last year. A guy whose last name he reminds me of from Rugrats because of Tommy Pickles. <laughs> this kid's name is Caden Pickles, um, and he just played lights out in a uh, game. I forget who it was against. Might have been against Lindenwood, Michigan Dearborn, and he ended up letting in like a goal or two goals, but. Uh, U of A was able to solve him. They put four past him plus an empty netter, and they come away with a Thursday win, which is great. And then on uh, Friday, they, you know, you've, uh, Arizona just could not take advantage. Uh, they scored another power play goal, and it was again, it was a two-two game at the at the uh, at the end of two periods. But there was a major penalty uh, on Michigan. Dearborn got a spearing major in the second period. Ooh. U of A just could not capitalize on the power play. Oh, that's too bad. Yeah. That's five minutes, and five minutes is as many goals as you can score in five minutes, that's right? That's exactly right. That's exactly right. And Doesn't, they couldn't score a single one. Oh, could, man. Couldn't get one in. Now, Tommy Pickles was not in net that night, so uh, they had uh, uh, Nolan Bivolchik was in, was in net for U of A, and uh, Dearborn had another goaltender in net, some guy named uh, Eric Polzin. Tanner- Oh, Eric Polson, okay. Yeah. 
but uh, uh, he, Boy, Caden's a lot older than the other two as well. I don't know. I'm looking at the roster he, now. Does he look like Tommy Pickles? Uh, you know, I, I I don't know what Tommy Pickles looks like. You, I never, am a, you never watch Rugrats? I, I I don't have TV hooked up at all. <laughs> I just look at internet and then whatever my box will give me. There you go. All right. Well, so I, and I'm also kind of a pop culture moron. <laughs> I really don't know much about pop culture. Not, not a problem. Not a problem. So, hey, anyways, Arizona comes away with a split up there at Michigan Dearborn, and that's not bad. I'm pretty impressive. And, and you know, I mean, only losing three to two in an overtime. And like you said, it's essentially a tie. It's it did a, pretty good, I it's think. It's a tie. That's a win and a tie against the number 16 yeah. team in the nation. So that'll work in their favor. Yeah. And then the next night they went over and they played Adrian at the Arrington Ice uh, Arena on the campus of Adrian College. And Adrian, I don't know if you've noticed, Anita, Adrian has just been smoking people left and right, 13 to nothing, 11 to 1. I mean, they've just been stomping holes in people left and right. And Arizona oh kept it close. It was a 5 to 1 win for Adrian, uh, but it was a 3 to 1 game going into the third period. And uh, you know they let in two goals that make the uh, to to make the 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 goal differential a little bit bigger. But that's five to one is pretty respectable, I think, against the number three team in the nation. Especially wow, they beat Liberty six to two. Yeah, the weekend before. Yep, and six to two. (laughs) Well, and look what they what you've got the score right there. Look what they did on the Thursday night. They played Oakland, and I think the score was thirteen to nothing. Thirteen zip. Yeah. 13 zip oh my gosh and oakland's not like a, they're not like a, a, a just you know chop liver right well they used to not be chop liver they might be chop liver these they days might be, uh, well if you're getting beat 13 to zero i'm i'm assuming that probably some goalies got swapped out and they still couldn't score so <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah i mean adrian i'm looking at these scores and yeah they built they beat uh roosevelt Eleven nothing, thirteen nothing. Back at the end of September. Yeah. Holy crap! Yeah, I mean they're just they're just stomping people left and right, and uh, you know they ran into a little resistance with U of A, and I thought that was a pretty you know for, especially for the third game in three days when you're yeah. dog tired and you're playing on the road. On the road, yeah, exactly. I thought that was a fairly respectable outcome for for U of A to go on the road with basically a win, a loss, and a tie. And that's not bad, especially for cross-pollination purposes within the rankings, the computer rankings. I think those results will help uh, U of A tremendously. Yeah. Yeah, so we'll see. All right, so hey, that was Arizona's trip to, uh, to Michigan. Now let me ask you a question, Anita. If you have the choice, would you rather go to Michigan or would you rather go to Alabama? Oh, gosh. It depends on the time of year. If it's in the summer, I'd rather go to Michigan. If it's in the winter, I'd rather go to Alabama. <laughs> well, I guess. I don't know. I think I think regardless of the year, I'd rather go to Michigan anytime. Um, just because I don't I know. it depends where. Yeah, I don't where know. Where in Alabama, right? Well, I don't, does it really matter where in Alabama? <laughs> I don't know. Now, I've heard, I caught a little bit of flack. Somebody, one of the many listeners from Springfield, Missouri, got on to, got on to me and said, Pelham, Alabama, Pelham is actually very, very nice. And I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll take your word for it, buddy. Um, I have no desire to visit there whatsoever. But University you of know, Central Oklahoma. start knocking Norman, Oklahoma, if you're not careful. Well, it's all right. Hey, they can, we, we don't want people here in Norman. You know? <laughs> it's flat, and it's beautiful, and it's gorgeous, and it's uh, nice and quiet and quaint. And we don't need you here. So, uh, 
you know, go go somewhere else, people. I don't really care. <laughs> go to Alabama. Go to yeah, that's right. Go to Pelham, Alabama, and go visit uh, the Greater Pelham uh, Civic, the 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 Chamber of Commerce or whatever. But hey, UCO went to Pelham, Alabama, to go take on the uh, the Skating Tide, the Frozen Tide is what they call them, the Frozen Tide of the University of Alabama. And UCO, okay. yeah, exactly, exactly. Okay, you're like, hmm. They're known for football, but whatever. Uh, Andrew, correct. Uh, he 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 uh, predicted last week that UCO would sweep Alabama, and sure enough, he was correct. Wow. UCO wins four to two on Friday and six to one on Saturday afternoon. So uh, UCO just killed them, especially on the power play on Saturday. Four out of the six goals scored on the power play. Holy Oof. smokes! And uh, it was pretty impressive. Uh, little number twenty-eight Carter Eha had himself a day on Saturday with a couple of goals and. Um, you know, uh, the same thing, there's a, there's a line out there, 12, 13, and 44, Sam Sykes, Austin Simpson, and Luke Bombardier. Um, the Bombardier. Oh my gosh, what a name. Bombardier, that's a hockey name right there, isn't it? What a name. Yeah. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, I think I think there might be an NHL player with that name around. Uh, but those guys got a couple of points as well, and they just took care of Alabama, so... Uh, uh, and, and that's what they're supposed to do, right? When you're the uh, number four team in the nation and you're playing an unranked team, you're supposed to go to their place and uh, kick in the door and take their food and beer and, you know. <laughs> and run off laughing. That's right. That's right. Kiss their girlfriend and then run off and say, I meant to do that. And so that's what UCO did. So good wow. for them. Yeah. Yeah, well, and, and good because uh, I think – I can't remember now. It's, it was like, you know, two weeks ago. I think I was kind of concerned that UCO looked like they were kind of having a slow start. Didn't they lose a couple right away? In the they beginning? did. Yep, they did. They yeah. lost to uh, they lost to Maryville, I think, to, to start their season. Yeah. Yep. So, and then they split with, uh, they split with somebody, I think. Uh, I forget who it was. Because um, they've lost two games. Who, who do they split with? Uh, to do Central... Eh, doesn't matter. Um, but uh, so so Central is uh, Central is doing uh, you know they're they're doing well and they're they're one of these teams that um, uh, they get better as the season goes on, and so yeah. they can uh, they can afford to have a couple of not downtimes, but uh, I think this is good stuff for Coach Rivera at UCO to have some. Uh, to not have this great outstanding, you know, thirteen to nothing type success, so he still has some uh, some room to chew on his guys and to, you know get them to improve so that they do well. Right, um, right, you know, right, right. When the so time, they don't think they've yeah. they don't think they've already won the conference when it's only October. Yeah, or or that they're already guaranteed to go to uh, you know the ACHA finals. You know, right, right. So they they know they've still got some to put in some work to do because it wasn't a perfect weekend, and so. Uh, yeah, but good for UCO going on the road and taking two from Alabama. All right, now here I got another question for you. We have already Shoot, you you, ch- you chose well you, I chose Michigan over Alabama every day all day. You chose Michigan <laughs> in the summer, Alabama in the winter. Here's my here's my question to you, Anita. Where would you rather go? Would you rather go to Nebraska or Alabama? Oh gosh. Uh huh. See. 
See? Oh gosh. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. It's not there, there's no real sexy choice there, is there? No, no, there is exactly. I was thinking like, hmm, yeah, mm-hmm. not really. Yeah. Not really. Colorado State. I'd probably end up I'd probably end up choosing Nebraska Nebraska just on principle I'd probably choose the Midwest over the South. Okay. All right. All right. Well But but it's a pretty it's a pretty wishy washy choice for me because it's like I've I've driven through Nebraska. I've never had the pleasure of staying. Um, I will later on this year uh, or this season. But uh, Colorado State got the pleasure of traveling to Fremont, Nebraska to take on the Warriors of Midland University. Midland plays in my B conference, Midwest College Hockey, the MCH. And, man, talk about whooping up a can of whoop-ass. Colorado yeah, State no just smoked Midland by nine to five on Friday and six to nothing on Saturday. Wow, CSU I think is putting they together. Just went to town. They sure did. And number nineteen for CSU had himself a day on Friday. Alex Litkovsky um, had a couple of goals, a couple of assists. He had a hat trick on on Friday night. <laughs> and I'm just telling you what, holy, they and they. They only scored. They're doing all this even strength. I mean, they're not. It's it's not like they're taking advantage of uh, of the power plays that are that are given to them. Uh, you know, they were right. one for three right, on right, the power right. play, uh, and it's not as if uh, you know they're not getting some chances. They were a little bit better the next day, scoring two power play goals. But uh, Colorado State, Camden Lambert has CSU playing really really well. I think. They are playing really well. So much better than I remember them playing at the beginning of the season last year. Yeah. I remember them also taking a while to kind of like, you know what I mean? It kind of took them a while to overcome inertia and get going. And, and they got a lot better at the end is my recollection. But boy, they're just really going to town. This pretty is pretty cool, actually. It's it's very cool. And it's, it's very cool to see WCHL teams stepping out of conference and performing well. I mean, we've had Arizona performing well in Michigan. We had UCO taking care of business down in Alabama and Colorado state takes care of business in Nebraska against Midland. And, uh, you know, that's just, uh, that's, I think that speaks to the quality of the conference is that, uh, they're not, number one, they're not afraid to go on the road and go play folks out of conference. But number two, when they do, they kick butt and take names. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, well, that's, I mean, that's always a good sign for the conference because it's really easy to get kind of incestuous, right? Like brag about in conference only, right? And yep. kind of just pretend like the outside world doesn't actually exist, doesn't really count. Yeah. No, so no. I think that's, I think that's very reassuring. It's a, it's a nice uh, reality check. We, yeah, we don't do that. We, we, we know exactly where we stand. And uh, so that's pretty good. Sam Simon was in net for CSU, a homegrown goaltender out of Fort Collins. And man, he saw a lot of rubber over the weekend. Looks like uh, 40, 90 shots total over both games. Whoa. Yeah, I mean, CSU got Whoa. outshot badly both nights, but um, they still came away with uh, with wins. 15 goals in th- in six periods of play. That's impressive. CSU's doing well. Yeah, no kidding. And he is, uh, do we know what year he is? He, I believe he's a sophomore. Oh, I believe he's so, a sophomore, yep. Yeah, so he'll be there a while. Well, hey, let's, let, I guess Coach Lambert hopes so. We'll see. Mom and Dad might tell him to graduate. You know, eventually. Don't don't linger in college just so you can jerk around and play <laughs> hockey, right? Oh, this is a uh, CSU is the one that has uh, is the team that has Mister Zlot 
Ah, the, the the man who's missing the the vowel between that, the two consonants. That's that's right. That's right. There you go. He he's uh, also from Colorado, but looks like Highlands Ranch. I'm not, I don't know Highland. Colorado well enough to know where that is. Yeah, that's down in the Denver area. So uh, mm, okay, yeah, very nice. Well, I, maybe Mister Zlot was uh, feeling the bus legs, and so they let Sam Simon play. But boy, they <laughs> CSU did well and uh, took care of the sweep on the road, just as. Andrew, well, let's see what Andrew predicted. Andrew said, yep, he said CSU was going to sweep. So they did. And, hey, um, so that leaves us with two more series. They're both WCHL series. We'll start in uh, Boulder where Missouri State traveled up to Colorado. Missouri State, the number 18 team in the nation, going to play uh, Colorado, number 33. Colorado coming off a weekend where they lost at home their first two losses of the weekend or of the season to Oregon. And Missouri State is trying to uh, uh, trying to get rid of the bugaboo that they have, where they just play great at home and they play like dirt on the road. And yeah. So they're. I, I told. I was talking to somebody earlier where they're studs on studs at home and duds on the road. Oh. And I, uh, <laughs> Ouch. Yeah. Well, I mean, they just need to. I, I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's a mindset that they just have. I don't know if they get distracted. I don't know if they just don't like sleeping in hotels um, and eating, you know, you know, pasta and whatever else you get on the road <laughs> versus home right. cooking in your own bed. I just don't know what it is. But, um, you know, anyways, Missouri, the two teams that are both in desperate need of wins and uh, Colorado ends up sweeping the weekend. Andrew said they were going to split, but Colorado got them on uh, got both games four to two on yep. Friday night, and yep. they held on for dear life on Saturday. But uh, they beat uh, Missouri State uh, five to four on Saturday night. Mark Borgie, number nine for uh, Colorado, uh, for yeah, for the Buffs, he had himself a couple of goals. Um, on uh, t- t- on Friday night, so he did very well. And Ethan James was uh, in that. The, the he's he started the season behind Liam O'Gwen, uh, but uh, he got to play both games uh, for the for the Buffs in that. And you know, it's uh, he he got both W's. I, you know, I I think if you're Missouri State, the silver lining is you were able to finally you know, get off the schneid a little bit on uh, Saturday. They were down four to two going into the third period and the, you know, they won the third period. They outscored CU two to one. They didn't quit and they made it very close. They just couldn't tie the game up. But, uh, you know, I was looking earlier, Missouri state's still got some tough games on the road. They've got to go to Oklahoma, go to UCO. I think they go to Arizona and a non-conference, they're going to Alabama. They're going to Maryville. So, yep. um, you know, the, the key in this game, as far as I'm concerned, Anita, is win all the games you win all your home games and uh, at the very least split your road games. And right, right, if you right. can do that, that's a, you know, a three quarters winning percentage. And that'll get you to a lot of places, including nationals. And uh, so I think Missouri State needs to kind of figure it out and. Colorado got that most that, that that needed confidence boost of taking out a uh, a pretty good little uh, pretty good little team in uh, Missouri State. So Colorado got the confidence, and Missouri State's still looking to for some road and Missouri magic. Missouri State, if I remember right, Missouri State 
you and Andrew have talked about this quite a bit, that Missouri State kind of has that problem where they play great at home and they go on the road and it's like it's a different team. It's like somebody like just dressed up the little brothers in their jerseys or something and sent them on the bus. I, I don't get it. I don't get it. They're a good it's team weird. and they're well coached. But yeah, they've just yeah. they've just got a, a a bugaboo. There's something about it where identity crisis or something. Yeah, they don't like getting on the bus. So <laughs> maybe maybe they need to. Maybe their bus driver doesn't drive well and just scares us. By the time they get there, they're exhausted from clutching onto the handrails of the seats. Maybe they need to change up the movies on the bus and watch some happy movies as opposed to some shoot 'em ups or something. Or maybe they or need something. to quit watching cartoons and watch a shoot 'em up. You know, get them all angry or, or something. something. Yeah. yeah, or something. Whatever it is they're doing, do the opposite because whatever it is yeah, they're yeah, doing yeah. ain't working. So. Yeah, yeah, no kidding. Oof. Hey, spe- Oof. speaking of bus problems, the last series of the uh, weekend, a WCHL series, Grand Canyon, went to your place, uh, the Salt Lake City Sports Complex, to take on the Skate and Utes of Utah. And Friday night's game was uh, uh, not... Kind of a blowout. Well, it was a blowout, but it almost didn't happen because the Grand Canyon bus had, a, had themselves a blowout. They were oh. stuck in Las Vegas for nine hours. Oh. And game time had to be pushed back a little bit to allow for uh, for GCU to show up at the rink. They got to the rink probably an hour before puck drop. And uh, you know, I did not know that. Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah, it's kind of. I did not know that. We had we were having some <clears throat> minor technical difficulties in the broadcast broadcast booth. So Uh-oh. that first night, <laughs> the first night, it was kind of like. Yeah, we were just sitting there waiting for the broadcast, and it's like we learned very, very quickly that things were not going as swimmingly as, as our our chief Poobah was hoping for, and so uh, <laughs> passing along news like that was kind of at the bottom of the list. Um, but I'm pretty sure my broadcast partner didn't know that either because uh, we didn't, you know, yeah. he didn't mention it either. So wow, how long were they stuck in Nevada? Nine hours is what I was told. Oh. Oh, that's terrible. Yeah, that would. Uh, that's now, terrible. Now, I guess there could be worse places you can be stuck, right? Um, you could be stuck in Nebraska. You could be stuck in Alabama. <laughs> um, I've been in st- Fremont or Pelham, is what you're saying. There, there you go. I've been stuck in uh, Beto, Beto, B E T O. They pronounce it Beto, Beto Junction, Kansas. I was stuck there for oh. nine hours once with an Oklahoma team years and years and years ago. Oh. So if you're going to get stuck, you might as well get stuck in Las Vegas, right? In S- Vegas. Yeah, Sin City. Well, who knows? I, I mean, I wasn't there. They, they, I'm sure they didn't go cruise the Strip or anything. They were probably stuck on the interstate or you know somewhere nearby, but whatever. <laughs> whatever. It could have been a lot worse. They could have been in Alabama. Oof. Anyways, well, that explains a lot. Ten to four was the uh, Friday night score from Utah, and man, they it it wasn't just uh, it wasn't just um, uh, it, it wasn't just uh, uh, the the regular the the it wasn't just five on five play is what I'm trying to get to because I mean Utah scored three shorthanded goals, they scored a power yep. play goal, and they had a penalty shot they scored on. Yep, and Ethan Light got his hat trick off of that. Short-handed goal, two short-handed goals, and the penalty shot, I believe. And he had an even-strength goal. Yeah, he scored four out of the ten goals. Oh, so okay, he, yeah. He, That's him, right. he That's himself right. tied Grand Canyon. <laughs> yeah, so I know. Ethan Light had four goals, Grand Canyon had four goals, and Utah had six. So uh, kind, of, kind of wild. And then the next day, Saturday, Utah uh, took care of business, 6-2 to two over GCU. They only had yeah. one power play goal, no shorties, no penalty shots, but... Uh, 
Yeah, kind of, uh, kind of wild. Um, Utah, you know, Utah again. I guess this was, you know, uh, two teams. Utah was looking for some, uh, was looking for uh, some, some, some wins. They were coming yes. off a rough weekend. Absolutely. And, oh man, a rough beginning of the season. <laughs> yeah, and so they needed some confidence. And GCU was coming in fat, dumb, and happy after sweeping uh, U of A at their place. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, GCU's balloon was, got popped I, a little bit. I was bit. expecting. I was expecting a much bigger fight based on that, on how well they did in Arizona. Yeah. I was rather surprised. Now the bus thing that explains a lot for the first night, but I was expecting a bigger fight from Grand Canyon. Yeah, I I, I was too. In the six to two, um, you know, I guess I I wrote off the ten to four because I said, hey, you know, at bus problems they just yep. show up and yep. we we've you know some of those hockey folks you know, you know who have ridden the bus before you've <laughs> we've been there and when you when you show up late. You can either get your butt kicked, or you can come off and just go right onto the ice, and you can perform wonders. I've 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 been on the receiving end of both of those things, where you get off the ice and you play. I mean, you get right off the bus and you hop onto the ice and you play like dirt. And then I've been uh, Weber State comes to mind about 15 years ago. They got off the bus at like 7:10 in the afternoon in the evening to play a 7:30 game against Oklahoma and they just took Oklahoma out to the woodshed and beat our pants off. <laughs> and we just thought, "Holy that crap." That sounds like a Weber State game to me. That that program, these Utah programs, you know, they're they they just continue to impress me with how good they are. Well, they, they they were they were good that year, but they also they uh, they're they're not good anymore. They're not in Division One, so we don't That's need to worry true. about they're them. They're not in Division One. Yeah. They're, they're, <laughs> anyways, they they couldn't do that these days. So so there we go. So hey, Arizona goes one one and one up in uh, the Minton. Central Oklahoma sweeps Alabama uh, in Alabama. Colorado State sweeps Midland in scenic Nebraska. Colorado takes care of business at home against Missouri State, and Utah takes care of business against GCU. So anything else you know, I'm about really the not doing I'm yeah. not doing too well against Andrew. Well, My predictions on. are kinda kinda lame. Nah, I've you... gotta I gotta like I gotta like do better. <laughs> we're we're gonna have plenty of chance. Plenty of chance. Hey, let's uh <laughs> let's listen to let me hit a horn and a button or twenty and we'll come back and we'll talk rankings and Anita will give you a chance to tie to to get caught up with Andrew with some predictions. How does that sound? Okay. I'm game. Here we go. But hey, as they say in hockey, let's do that hockey. Here's a guy who, when he eats a lot, he takes a big dump later. You got like three feet of air that time. Like, none of these donkeys even dip, bro. These chumps even chew, bro. Like, none of these dunces ever had a dinger. These losers never had a lipper, bro. Like, chill out. Have a chalk. Peace out. Have a pull. Have a hogger. Have a dinger. Have a hammer. Say hello to Sergeant Spitter, boys. All right, that's enough of that. That's enough. That tomfoolery right there. You ever, Anita? Have you ever watched Letter Kenny? I have. And I'm quite fond of Jared Kiso. <laughs> I've even watched him. I've even watched him play Don Cherry. Have you really? Did you know that? No. Yeah. So they did a three three movies about Don Cherry, and Jared Kiso was Don Cherry, and wow. he was he was you know of course he's a Canadian. I think he played junior hockey too right tried to yep in calgary before yep. he got hurt yep 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 
And, uh, and I do quite like Letter Kenny, although I find I have to take it in small doses. Like, it's not something I can binge. <laughs> it hits a little too but, close to home for me. So, uh, oh, but, but I just like that tight lipped, right? That tight lipped humor where it's like they make fun of people, but they don't actually cash in uh-huh. by like making a high five. Yep. Yeah, it's uh, they they insult you, and then you don't know you're insulted until about uh, you know a couple of minutes later when you're walking away. You're or like, maybe maybe what just you happened? don't even know because they'll never. Yeah, you, maybe you don't even figure it out because they never let on. Right? <laughs> they just go on to the next thing. Oh, it's that's like, great. <laughs> the writing on that show yeah, is so good. It, uh, I think he does the writing, right? He uh, and he, his his friend are the writers and producers. I that, believe that's correct. That's correct. It's so, kind of like Corner Gas. <laughs> Corner Gas. You've never seen that Canadian show? No, come on. We live in America. Come on. Yeah, but it's hockey. Corner gap. Here, I'm going to write this down. We're going to have to check this out. We'll have to do some experimental time. It's only similar. It's not similar in style, but it's similar in the fact that it's all about a small town, right? Like a small Canadian town. And like the theme song goes, uh, my dog ran away and I could watch it for three days. That's one of the lyrics song because it's so flat. Yep. It takes three days before your dog drops below the horizon. Yeah, <laughs> that's pretty good. Yeah, there's yeah. a uh, there's a country artist I was fond of. He and I got to know one another fairly well before he passed away. Um, and oh. he he was from uh, Lubbock, Texas, and he said Lubbock's so flat you can turn any you can look anywhere you want and uh, see for fifty miles, and yep. then you, then you stand on a tuna can and you can see for a hundred. <laughs> Uh, Billy yeah. Joe Shaver, God bless his soul. Oh, okay. Hey, um, I, we, WCHL standings are in as at least uh, through uh, through last weekend. Arizona State and Colorado are tied for first place. They have they've all played four games and they've won all four games. So good for uh, the Sun Devils. Good for the Buffs. Yeah. In third place are Anita's Skating Utes. Played seven Thanks games. To GCU coming to town. Yeah. <laughs> Well, there you go. The nice thing is Utah gets GCU again, so maybe there's more chances. We'll we'll, we'll talk on that here in a second. But Unless you, the Utah bus breaks down uh-huh. and like you know, shh, shh, I don't, don't know somewhere somewhere in Denver or something. Let's hope that doesn't <laughs> manifest itself. Let's hope it doesn't happen here. Utah's played seven games. They've won three of them, so that means they've got nine points. Missouri State is in fourth place. They played six games. I got seven points. So they're in fourth place. And then tied for fifth are Central Oklahoma, Nevada, Las Vegas, and Grand Canyon. Um, All three of those teams have six points. The difference is GCU has played seven games, while UCO and UNLV have only played two. Right. I mean, they've used up a lot of league points. Yeah, they have. And then, uh, then after that comes Colorado State in eighth place, and Arizona and Oklahoma are tied for ninth. They all have zero points right now. Um, so, but there, you know, there's a lot of hockey left to be played. So this is just as of the middle of October, October 22nd. So, uh, I think you're going to see, uh, I mean, UCO, UNLV, Colorado state are going to just rocket up. I think the, uh, the, the conference standings, once they get some more conference games under their belt. And if Arizona can, uh, parlay their Michigan weekend into some success at home, uh, in conference, I think they're gonna. You're gonna see them rock it up. So it's setting up for a pretty good little, uh, uh, pretty good little conference race here in the WCHL. Yeah, is it is it unusual that the kind of number of points earned is just so spread out? Like you know, like you said, UCO and Nevada 
have only earned six of the total, what, 60, 60 points they could earn? That's correct. Whereas, yep. you know, Utah's and, and GCU have already, have already used up 21. And uh, it yeah. just seems like a big difference. Is that Does that even out? It's it, got to, right? It, it does even out. It does even out. And it will. We're, it's going to settle down by around uh, Thanksgiving I mean, time. It's not like somebody's going to suddenly like use up all their points and it's only like the beginning of February, right? No, 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 no. Everyone, everyone okay. will end up. Uh, around the middle of February, everyone's going to end gonna up catch even. Up. Yep, yep. Okay. They're, they're okay. actually going to all catch up probably around Thanksgiving, and um, oh, then okay. uh, and then that's when we'll, the race will settle in. But the nice thing is, it's uh, you know in years past it's kind of been a one or a two horse race, maybe three. But uh, I think you can look at the standings here, and you can legitimately say that uh, almost every team, maybe not one, but uh, every team, I'd say nine teams have a legit shot at the uh, at the top. I I worry about Oklahoma. Um, they'll eventually figure it out. Uh, but just like Colorado State last year with a new coach in Camden Lambert, and they kind of struggled to get going. Um, and you can see that it's paying off this year after a, a full season under right. their belt. Oklahoma was kind of in that same situation with Peter Arvanitas this year. So uh, this year I think is going to be a learning experience for those kids. Right. And um, so that's why I say I think it's a nine, nine teams have a legitimate shot. Now Oklahoma may surprise the heck out of me. Who knows? But um, – uh, but we'll see. But, uh, yeah, there we go. WCHL standings, ASU and Colorado at the top. So uh, take a picture, stop the vote. and uh, <laughs> you know. Well, definitely definitely more parity this year, I think, even than last year. There's no doubt. There's no doubt. Nine, hey, with nine teams having a chance, this time last year, I would I think it's fair to say. And I don't mean parity by, like, the top drop down. I mean parity that, that the bottom moved up. Mm-hmm. That's just yep. it. They're, they're improving. So, uh, hey, we've got some uh, games coming up this week in conference, and let's get some uh, predictions from you, Anita. Once again, Oklahoma is off this weekend. Missouri State is also off. Colorado State's off. So they're going to go to the library and study hard, I'm sure, and uh, not think about (laughs) hockey. I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure. Don't you think they're just going to stick their nose in a book and study all weekend long? Oh, yeah, or maybe, like, write a letter to their grandparents or something. There you go. There you go. Go to a food pantry and, and, you know, volunteer some time. Volunteer some time in the soup kitchen. There you go. Yeah, do do something productive instead of sitting around playing their PlayStation 4. So so I'm going to interrupt really quickly because I saw the sweetest thing. Because, as you know, of course, I was working the broadcast when GCU came to town. And after the Saturday game, because GCU is a Christian university, they have a little prayer circle. At the end of the game, yeah, and about three Utah players joined the prayer circle at the end of the game. It's the sweetest thing. Very nice. Yeah, it's really nice because I looked up and said, "Hey, look! I see you know I've seen white and purple jerseys mixed in, and it was like about three of the Utah players in there too." Very so, nice. You know, I, as much fun as we are making of the boys for not studying and not writing to their their grandparents and not working in the soup kitchen, they actually. You know, did a did a good thing. I thought. Well, I thought that was pretty cool. That that is that is very cool, and it's good that it's uh, that they're open and accommodating to others to uh, to come yeah. and join them. It's not like they're exclusive. So uh, yeah, right, and, exactly. And they're also not flaunting it in there in in everyone's nope. face. Join if you nope, want. They didn't. Yeah. Yep. It was like just one of those things where just very spontaneous. At the end of the game, and I looked up and I just. And I just happened to look up at the right time. There's another team right? in the ACHA that's kind of like that. Um, I won't name them, but I'll just say that the 
the the team name rhymes with schmiberty and um, <laughs> they they do kind of require the other the opposing team to come out and you know everybody participates oh yeah yeah and well it, it was striking because the first night Utah didn't join in. It uh-huh. was just GCU players. So this, I'm pretty sure this was a spontaneous thing well, and, as opposed to a required thing. And, and, and I'm not knocking the other team because that's, that's fine. It's whatever floats your boat. And if you oh, want, yeah, I'm if, not even Christian. I, so. I, I just, I just think that it's cool that uh, for, for GC, number one, I think it's cool. They do it. But number two, I think it's cool that uh, GCU says, Hey, join us if you want. Don't, if yeah. you don't. Yeah. As opposed to And the Schmiberty. <laughs> well, I'll let you I I couldn't tell. I can't I, I have to keep let's keep that kind of under wraps. Hey yeah, uh, because you've already used you've already used the bleep for me once, so we gotta make sure we don't like you, over, run out. <laughs> you you realize I'm not gonna go back and bleep it. That requires too much work for that me. Requires too much work, yeah. yeah. Come on. Yeah, yeah. That just means you're gonna have to count on me, keep my mouth shut. Oh my goodness. <laughs> hey, on Thursday, your Utah Utes go down to Grand Canyon to take on Grand Canyon once again. They will have played Grand Canyon four times oh, already what? this year. Yeah, a lot in in a very short period of time. Yeah, it's like they're they want to get all four of their games in in like uh, three days. Jeez, yeah, right. and then and then not see them again. And never. Um, yeah, I think I think Utah's going to win that one. All right, Utah. It's just the one game on their way to uh, Arizona, right? Yep, yep. on yeah. the way to Tucson. They're going to stop off at AZ Ice Arcadia. Hopefully, the hubcaps won't get stolen off the Utah bus. And. Um, <laughs> I've heard that's kind of a rough rink. Yikes! Oh, is it? Oh well, dear. I've, I've heard. I've heard, but uh, never, oh, never dear. experienced it myself. So, hey, uh, on Friday and Saturday, your Utah Utes are down in Tucson. They're playing at the Tucson Convention Center against Arizona. Um, that's always a fun time. Arizona puts on a good show. They play in a beautiful. Uh, well, it's old now, but it's. I think it's a great little uh, arena. And man, when that place is full or even not even full, but half full, it gets to be kind of rocking and Arizona knows how to play, uh, play at home. So what do you think is going to happen? You're Utah Utes at U of A. I, I'm going to go for a split because I still feel like Utah's kind of riding a nice wave here. Okay. So I'm going to go, but you know, I, I can't underestimate Arizona at all. I mean, they just haven't played many games. No, and that's they, the only reason they're near the. That's the only reason they're near the bottom of the rankings. Just haven't played a lot of games, and I don't think you can underestimate them at all. And they 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 run into especially this time of the year. They run into ice issues uh, in terms of practice. Uh, they ice oh, availability. Oh, they the ones that have to take the bus. Have to take the bus to their practice site. Sometimes they do. That's if they. That's yeah. if they're able to. You know, even get on the ice. Get on the ice. So yeah. So uh, yeah. Okay. So a split. Utah at Arizona. Anita's calling for a split. UCO is heading up the road to scenic Boulder, America. They're staying on the road. They went to Pelham, Alabama. They're going to make up for it by going to God's country and going to Boulder. UCO at Colorado. Colorado's coming off that big weekend against uh, Missouri State. What do you think is going to happen? I still think UCO is going to sweep because I still remember that Colorado's 6-0 and beginning was against like an M2 team in Oregon. Oh, not Oregon. Uh, San Diego's UC. San Diego State yep. and somebody else who wasn't very strong. So I think UCO is still going to sweep in Colorado. Yeah, I, th- I, I wouldn't be surprised at all. So UCO is going to sweep. 
And then the last one is just a battle of heavyweights here. Holy smokes. In Las Vegas. Yeah, no kidding. ASU, number 12 team in the nation, going to play the number one team in the nation, UNLV. Now, UNLV is coming up. It's going to be Ali Frazier, man. Yeah. Ali Frazier. See, the young folks, they don't understand what, what that reference is. Uh, no, no. They remember Mike Tyson. Well, now everything is UFC, right? Yeah, or, or oh, that's Tyson. True. Oh. That's true. Ultimate fighting MMA, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, but man, you, you hit the nail on the head. Ollie Frazier, um, this is just going to be uh, knock down, drag out two heavyweights. <laughs> yep. What do you think? <laughs> yeah, is, gosh, I wish I was there. Yeah, what do you think is going to happen? Uh, you know, I'm calling for a split on that one, too, because I just look at their records and who they've played already, and boy, they sure seem really even. And I, I don't think Arizona State's going to be intimidated by the home ice advantage at all. It will be interesting. Um, UC, UC, UNLV tends to play uh, a little bit, uh, they, they tend to fly at home and they've got some uh oh, speed wise speed wise yeah and they've got some they home do have cooking. zach wicks in as well yeah and so they've they've got a lot going for them um and asu is surprisingly very very good this year and i'm not knocking I'm not saying uh not saying they weren't before uh it's just oh, that I was austin, surprised too. austin klein has got them going i mean they're just yeah they're they're playing very well. So this is the marquee matchup or the marquee series of the weekend, I guess. Yep. And uh, all right, so here we go. Utah. Anita says Utah will take on Grand Canyon on take care of the the Lopes on Thursday, and that Utah and Arizona will split on Friday Saturday. Anita says UCO will sweep the Buffs in Boulder at the CU Boulder Rec Center, and you say at the City National Arena in Las Vegas on Friday Saturday. Arizona State and UNLV will split. And I say, so. if you're not doing anything that night, go turn on the YouTube. Go definitely. That's gonna be that's gonna be a fun one to watch. I mean, think about it. Grand Canyon. Well, Grand Canyon game is going to be on Black Dogs. So oh, I meant the UNLV. AS, yeah, I meant the ASU UNLV game. All you're th- not doing anything that hey, night. Hey, all three <laughs> of those: the Colorado series, the yeah, Arizona, and UNLV. They're all going to be on YouTube, and it's going to be great hockey watching. And they're all. Let's let's see. Mountain time. Arizona is kind of Pacific time since they don't honor they don't daylight. Do daylight. Yeah, they don't do daylight savings. And UNLV is Pacific, so man, it's, it's, time. it's going to be a late night, late night of hockey. For you, it could be very late night for you. WCHL <laughs> after dark. I like it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Nice. Oh, man. Oh, speaking of ASU. Yeah? I saw I saw a, f- a friend of yours Uh-oh. Uh, again this weekend. So the women's game, right, was also GCU, and they came to town. Yeah. And did you know who the women's GCU head coach is? Natalie Rossi. Exactly. Yeah. So do you know who the assistant coach is? Tell me. Well, Natalie Rossi's name is actually Natalie Rossi Green. <laughs> did she you had know her, that? She had her husband with her. And And so I looked across. I said, gosh, that guy looks really familiar. I looked down at my roster, and sure enough, there's – uh, you know, former coach of ASU Tate Green standing over in the box. He's assisting this year. Tate is and I awesome. I went over to go and I went over to go talk to some of the you know a couple of the gals who weren't dressed to get name pronunciations, and that's how I found out who Natalie Rossi was. Because I said, "Well, I've got Natalie Rossi." She goes, "Oh, that's actually Natalie Rossi Green." And I went, "Oh, so that means that that you know she's." your assistant coach's wife. They says, yes. I said, oh, okay. <laughs> it's like, so you didn't know that. 
Yeah, yeah. I didn't know that he was he was helping out GCU, but that's awesome. I know yeah. that uh, he and Natalie are uh, a great hockey, great little hockey couple. And uh, exactly. can't say enough exactly. good things about Tate. He's awesome. You know, Tate Tate kind of has. Um, well, this this is just me, and I'm, I hope I'm not speaking out of school. Tate, if you hear this, he won't because he doesn't listen to the podcast. But forgive me if he does, if you if you do. <laughs> But I, I'm I'm I was kind of envious of Tate because after he got married, um, he and his wife, his new bride Natalie, um, went on a uh, road trip across America, and they went up to see Mount Rushmore, and they went up to see Crazy Horse. They went to Yellowstone. They went to parks in Utah. They went all around the place. It was I mean heck they came through Oklahoma. I forget where they were going. I think they were going up to. Uh, st louis or something before they made a big turn and went back but one of my favorite stories is he he and natalie went to the crazy horse monument in south dakota and you know mount rushmore is owned by the national park service and it's run by the national park service but uh the crazy horse monument is owned by whatever tribe is up there in south dakota that the land sits on and i don't know the name of the tribe forgive me um but you so you can you know, you can pay a certain fee and you can admire the monument from afar, or you can pay an extra fee, become a storyteller, become indoctrinated as a member of the tribe, and your official title is a storyteller, and really? they will and they will let you go on to the actual monument. And wow. I have uh, pictures of Coach Green and Coach Rossi Green both storytellers for whatever tribe it is that runs the crazy horse monument. Um, and, and I just love the fact that, uh, uh, he's, he's a, uh, he was designated a storyteller in this particular, uh, native American tribe. So I think that's pretty awesome. And then they, then of course, you know, he sends me pictures from the grand prismatic spring and Yellowstone and just how glorious all the mountains are there, the grand Tetons and, I'm just sitting there, you know, here in flat Oklahoma going, oh, what, you know, what a what a great road trip that is. What a great way to celebrate, you know, a summer of getting married. So uh, good, no good, for, good for Natalie, good for Tate. And uh, I'm glad. I'm glad to know that he's still hanging around the game and doing well. Yeah, yeah. Well, I thought, like I said, I saw it. I saw him and I said, God, he looks, you know, I was looking across because the broadcast booth is kind of up on the concourse across from the benches. I said, God, that guy looks really familiar. And I said, it's got to be, right? He's got to be somebody who's come by before. Yeah. And uh, and I look it up. And then, like I said, I went to talk to the gals and said, uh, oh, so I got your head coach. He says, oh, yeah, that's that's Rossi Green. I said, oh, and then the brain made the connection, right? Very nice. So, yeah, so he's helping out. And I think, you know, I think he's doing the gals good. I mean, they split with Utah. GCU and Utah split that weekend. All right. Well, hey. And, uh, and G- GCU's got a couple of gals that are pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, pretty good gals. So that was a lot of fun. But yeah, that was my, and that was my WWCHL report. Which that was kind of all I had. <laughs> that <laughs> nice that was it. Huh? We just kind of backed into <laughs> it, huh? I did. Well, the only other thing was is that uh, we didn't get a new team. It joined the WWCHL. Apparently, the University of Wyoming is a new member. Ooh! So they're going to come to Utah to play, but they're they're not having they're kind of having the typical typical season you'd expect for the first you know joining the the conference for the first time. They're struggling a little bit. Yeah, I think they're struggling a lot. I saw a uh, I saw a couple of scores, and they were double digits to zero scores. 
like 17 oh, to nothing. Oh, I think, I yeah. think actually now that you come to think of it, I think I do remember seeing one of those or two of those. Yeah. I don't remember the 17, but I remember like an 11 and a 15, I think. Ooh. Um, yeah. Ooh. So, um, but you know, I mean, the WWCHL is a much smaller conference. And so, um, you know, I mean, I don't know if that's going to, you know, help us by, you know, help the WWCHL by just adding another, another team. I mean, the WWCHL has always been, it's always been tough to kind of figure out what's going on because again, we've talked about this lower divisions and the women's divisions often, you know, you have some trouble with just kind of the support resources. The quality of play can be quite good. I would say the WWCHL's quality of play is actually pretty high. So I do feel a little sorry for Wyoming, but on the other hand, it's sometimes it's the support network is, is kind of lacking. Like it's hard to get information, um, hard to get, you know, find out when scores are getting updated. I actually end up watching uh, the ACHA Twitter feed because, you know, they'll, you know, most of the teams will do this, right. As the scores get reported, which they're supposed to do, they'll just literally just put the score. You won't get any other stats, but you know who won right? and by how much, Right. And so I just kind of follow that. Um, and then I have more information about the yeah. pack eight. Talk to us. Talk to us about the okay. pack eight. So I think the last time I talked, it was like I had more to say about the WWCHL. I actually contacted the commissioner of the pack eight to confirm that last year the pack eight had uh, 14 teams. We laughed about that. Well, yep. four teams, four teams left between last year and this year. So now there are only 10 and it was the four teams that were ranked from first to fourth in the really? league last year. So, so as we know, Oregon and uh, San Diego state moved up to M one. Yeah. Right. And then two teams, UCLA and ASU who were teams number three, uh, one and three decided they didn't want to travel so much. So they joined the California, one of the California leagues. Okay. So they didn't have quite so much travel. Huh. So as a result, after having also watched the package showcase, which was held uh, two weekends ago in Eastern Washington University. Yeah. Uh, and then based on kind of looking at how the other pack eight teams, so not all the pack eight teams showed up. And, and, and I don't know who was in charge of scheduling, but it was a very strange schedule. Four teams were invited to this package showcase. It was Utah University uh, – I'm sorry, Utah, Eastern Washington University, Washington State, and University of California, San Diego. And so each team played the same team twice in four games. Hmm. So, so Utah only played Eastern Washington University, and San Diego only played Washington State. Oh, sorry. Uh, Utah only played Eastern Washington and Washington State, and somebody like San Diego only played like Washington State and Eastern Washington University. But you know, each team only played two teams out of four games. Wow. So they would just play two teams twice, which is kind of kind of odd. But anyway, hmm. as a result of all that. I think University of Utah is kind of rising to the top because the next closest team would probably be Cal Berkeley, and we just Utah just played them last weekend and and swept and won okay. both games. Nice. The next the next closest team in terms of kind of looking at competitors would be the Eastern Washington University. They've actually got a pretty good team going, and at the Pack Eight Showcase, Utah swept them twice. Very nice. 
So Utah's really come around from last year where they were down near the bottom of the pack eight, not not even talking about ACHA M2 Western region. They are at the bottom of the pack eight. And now they're they're probably like one or two in the pack eight right now. And looking at the other teams that they haven't played, that would be, say, Washington, San Jose State. Both of those schools have been beaten either by Berkeley or Eastern Washington University pretty pretty convincingly. Huh. Um, and USC would be the other one. And again, USC, I think, got beat by – I can't remember if it was Berkeley or EWU. Again, pretty convincingly. So – Utah's looking like a whole different team, and they are looking like a whole different team this year. The 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 funny part is, I shouldn't say the funny part, but um, oh, it's all funny. Well, I mean, <laughs> it's it's, it's, it's just it's you know, it's it's just it's just hard to. Uh, it, I'm going to say this, and it's going to sound snotty, uh, and I don't mean it to oh, to be, but um, no, no, no. I I. I you know, you got to respect the the fact that teams play one another, um, and that right. they travel long distances and they put in a lot of effort. Uh, but the problem is the 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 quality of play in the West is so hit and miss, and it's so diverse. It can be yes. so good, and it can also be so bad, um, and it just varies depending on your opponent. Whereas, uh, and, and I think that works as a I think that works both in the in the men's two as all and also in the uh, women's one. I, I think that works against those teams in the WWCHL and also in the Pack Eight when it comes time for nationals and in, in uh, you know regional competition in, 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 for Absolutely. the boys because the quality of play in some of these other divisions, uh, you know, women's the the women's one kind of has a. A stranglehold on the Midwest, the in the Illinois, Ohio, Michigan, Indiana area. And they also have a couple of good teams up in the Northeast, and you know Liberty is just a a, a name taker. Minot is a name thinking, taker. I was thinking, yeah, Liberty is a, Liberty and Minot were the ones that come to mind for the women's one. But they have there's a cluster of teams there in the Rust Belt that are just dominant, 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 and they beat each other up and. Um, and, 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 and they steal each other's recruits. And they steal each other's recruits. Yes, that's a whole other <laughs> podcast episode right there. there there's a one coach. But, but I mean, right, they're all competing for kind of that same pool because once the the gal makes the trip through that Midwest or through the Rust Belt, right, they're going to visit all the schools. Yeah. Right? Yeah, that, so, I mean, you know, you're going to you're gonna have a very competitive field of recruits. But but that level of play, what I'm, what I'm getting at is that that level of play is consistent. And so when you go to – regionals or in for the women when you go to nationals you're ready you know what you're up against whereas in utah and and not just utah but in the pack eight and in the wwchl the level of play varies wildly between very good and very bad oh man not you're not kidding and you know you're just from what we talked about utah played grand canyon and split with them and now you're getting ready to take on you know the sacrificial lambs from wyoming and it's just going to be point night for for the Utah women's team, and you know that's not really going to get them ready for a, a run at nationals. Right. And I so mean, we've it's, got a team, Air Force Academy, who's regularly ends up being the double digit victim to many teams, yeah. not just Utah. Yeah. So it's um, well, very good. So I would say, yeah, I would say that Utah Utah has one advantage in that. They also play a lot of members of that Mountain West Hockey League, which includes the Weber State, the USU, 
mm-hmm. uh, and Montana State. Yeah, that's a Actually, little. They don't they don't play Montana State, but those those Utah teams like Weber and uh, USU both qualified for. Um, the, the, the regional western or they did fairly well in the western regionals they didn't, the, they didn't make it to nationals well utah state a couple of years ago has made it to nationals and uh montana yeah. state has made it a couple of times uh weber weber's made it to regionals and i know that boise state plays in that conference as well and yep um, and brigham young last year yep. made it qualified for nationals unfortunately brigham young is no more but so Utah does have the advantage of playing some tough teams close to home, and we do schedule quite a few of those out of conference teams, which which are good for good for Utah. Yeah, yeah. But it's... but I I definitely agree with you that the biggest challenge at the at the women's and M two levels is is just having um, the consist or the level of play during the regular season that actually prepares them for postseason i mean it just doesn't yeah. it doesn't do that whereas we've been fortunate for in in the men's one with the western collegiate league that uh we do have that and it's uh yeah, yeah. so it's um uh it's any anyways that's just me patting myself on the back so all right uh, you know, i think i think it's i think it's legitimate i mean and you know and, and again it's never it's never a value judgment it just it kind of just is what it is i mean yeah, you know, that's, I, I, that's what happens. I think the Pac-8 and the WWCHL are just, you know, it, it'll come around. They just got to keep at it. It didn't work out uh, right off the jump for the Western Collegiate Hockey League. So we're in our close to our 10th year of existence. And, um, you know, it takes a yeah, while takes to establish while. yourself to become a, a a butt kicker and a name taker. And, uh, you know, that's where we are. That's where we are right now, I think. And hopefully the WWCHL and the Pac-8 will get there. Yeah, and I and I do see encouraging things in the WWCHL. I mean, I realize poor Wyoming's got to get beat up, but the quality of play I've seen thus far with the women is I I still think it's better than it was last year. I think all the teams are better than they were last year. Nice. Um, you know, I pack eight. Like I said, pack eight. The hardest thing for me was just trying to figure out who actually belonged last year. So I don't have a lot to compare it to between this year and last year because I couldn't even figure out who the teams were. <laughs> That's too funny. It is. It's a, it's insane. But yeah, so that's that's kind of my uh, my little wrap up there for those guys. Um, okay. And uh, you know, I'm I'm looking forward to this this uh, weekend of now that we've had these predictions. It's like, man, I'm really looking forward to these these games, these M1 games. They're going to be fun. They should be fun. Hey, let's let's carry on with the predictions. We did it last week with Andrew, and I, I chimed in as well. The NHL season is underway. Um, Anita, who do you oh think are going to be? I didn't even think about that. Yep. Who, who, who are going to? Who are your two teams that are going to play in the Stanley Cup Finals? Last week, I, I took um, my two teams are, are the Bruins and Colorado. And, Somebody took the Habs. Uh, you didn't, didn't Andrew? No, I got it. He better not have taken the Habs. I will fire him from the podcast if he took Montreal. Oh, <laughs> oh okay. no way! Somebody mentioned that. I, I, he I know took, so little about the NHL. Go ahead. He took the Tampa Bay Lightning and the Vegas Gold Kings. And that's who he had. So, oh, he just borrowed last year's Stanley Cup and plopped it into this year's. I to- right? I told you he's not very smart. He's not the. You know, <laughs> he's not exactly doing algebraic <laughs> equations. He's he's. You know, he says he's teaching well, science, I gotta, but I really just think he's sucking on helium balloons and, you know, 
I got to admit, I, I do have a soft spot for the Golden Knights. Uh, I really like what they've done with their program in such a short time. So I'm going to vote for them from the West. Okay. Now I got to think about who's going to come from the East. Because I, I mean, I'm totally like just making this up. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Don't don't uh, say Montreal. Oh, no, I wasn't going to say Montreal. Uh, Montreal got further than they have in like 20 years last year. And everyone was still stunned. Yeah. Um, Shoot, have, I haven't even heard a peep yet. Oh, I'm just gonna pull one out of the blue and say Boston, because we're playing. Because we're playing Boston, we're playing the Nationals in Boston. Because I know nothing about the NHL teams. That's the other thing. I think I mentioned I'm a pop culture. I'm really like a pop culture boron. I know nothing about pop culture, and you would be surprised. How little I know about major league sports. <laughs> no, seriously, I, I like I, I have season tickets to the AAA team here, and I know tons about minor league baseball, the affiliated minor leagues, independent minor leagues. And you ask me about a major league team, and I'm like, I don't know. Wow. Okay. <laughs> Interesting. I'm just, I'm just kind of like odd that way. We'll have to, uh, we'll have to test your knowledge before on the on the down, Pioneer League. Write them down. Boston and the Vegas Gold King. See, that's well, how old... Pioneer League. The Pioneer League got got booted from affiliation. They're now an independent league. See, look at you. I here's how dumb I am. I call them the Vegas Gold Kings. It's the Golden Knights. I think of uh, when I see GK. I think of the Gold Kings from uh, the old WCHL days in uh, in Colorado. The Anyways, oh so you've got Boston and the Vegas Golden Knights, and that should be interesting because the coach for the Vegas Golden Knights used to coach the Boston Bruins, Bruce Cassidy. So that would be fun. So, oh, all right. I, know, I know, and I know I just got in trouble because I just realized that uh, Braden's dad now is an assistant for the Canucks, and so I'm going to be in big trouble for not voting for the Canucks, but so be it. All right. You, you, it's not too late. I mean, nobody's listening. No, no, we can no. always – all right. Yeah, no, no, no. I'm I'm good with mine. I'm good with mine. So Bruins and Golden Knights. All right. Hey, Anita, we've uh, we're, we're getting close to the end here, but you know there's a Halloween uh, holiday call coming up. So I'm going to ask you really quick. <laughs> give me your top three. How? What's the best Halloween candy according to Anita? Oh, now you're really going to laugh. No, I'm not. I don't eat candy. Come on. <laughs> I don't. Eat candy. Do you do you even do you hand candy out? Do you just do I don't steal? because the neighborhood I'm in, the neighborhood I'm in is a little bit run down. So there's not a lot of kids. And what happens, you just get the snarky little college students that come around and cause trouble. Yeah. All right. So I don't actually hand out candy. Um, All right. Well, yeah, here, I'm going to help you out. I did, it was like. 10 years ago. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to help you out here, Anita, because okay. the best okay. Halloween candy of all time is plain M&M's. And then number oh, two okay. is Twix. I can vote. I can get behind that. See, and number two is Twix, and number three is Kit Kat bars. So anybody tells you differently, uh, they're wrong. So the best Halloween candy, um, M&M's, Twix, and Kit Kat. So well, no, you, you don't have any, but you, you no votes there for Anita. No, I literally, I live in like a cul-de-sac, and like I said, it's kind of a rundown neighborhood, so those families do not even venture down into our cul-de-sac. No, they no. just, they go where there's more lights on, there's like more street lights and stuff. You, you, and so, wow, you live, in, you, live so, in a, you live in a hard rabble area of Salt Lake City, huh? I do kind of live in kind of a hard rabble area, and like, like I said, the only kids who show up are like, they're like 20 years old, and it's like, seriously, like, go away. 
Well, all right. What are you doing? Like, what kind of trouble are you guys like up to that you're wandering around like you know knocking on people's doors? Well, we talked about the best Halloween candy. What, what's the, your worst talent? You got to have an opinion about the worst Halloween oh, candy. The worst candy I've ever had. Someone said, "Hey, have some of these." They were Sour Patch Kids. <laughs> I thought my tongue was gonna fall out of my mouth. Really. All right, Sour Patch Kids. So candy, right? And then imagine the intensity. Then imagine the intensity of a Sour Patch Kid, right? And it's like, oh my God, I think I'm gonna die. I happen to know somebody who loves Sour Patch Kids. A lot of Um, people do. Yeah, a lot of people do. All right, but that's what happens when you don't eat candy. (laughs) You you can't handle you can't handle the explosive flavor, uh, the uh, celebration in your mouth. Your your tongue just goes what the on celebration? Earth is this? I love it. The yeah. celebration in your mouth—that's awesome. So here, here's my motto. Yeah, I don't drink drinks that look like they belong in the radiator radiator of my car. Okay. And I don't eat food that looks like it belongs on the insole of my shoe. Oh golly! I know I'm awful, right? Yeah, that's kind of hardcore. I tell you. Well. I guess, or I'm just like really like, I'm just really provincial. (laughs) I'm really provincial. All right. So uh, Sour Patch Kids, any other worst Halloween candies or is that just it? Uh, What's your opinion on candy corn? I used to eat candy when I was like, you know, when I was the Halloween age, trick-or-treating age. Yeah. And I liked all that stuff. I like candy corn. I think actually back then, my two favorites, and now we're talking about grade school, right? Like we're not even high school. Yeah. Butterfingers. And Ooh. paydays. Butterfingers. Ooh, look at you. Butterfingers and paydays. Can't go wrong with a good. Uh, Butterfingers are awesome. And, uh, Especially because pay- the way they would like, the crunchy part would get packed down in your molars and you have to dig it out with your fingernail. <laughs> See, I, my work. The other my- reason why I like Captain Crunch was for the same reason. It's that same butterfing- <laughs> buttery, butterscotch, crunchy thing. <laughs> and you get to uh, unpack it from your molars, huh? Exactly, exactly. Oh, geez. Well, hey, my worst are candy corn, black licorice, and milk duds. And milk duds for the exact same reason that you just announced right there. Because when you chew into them, I mean, they pull your fillings out. They're so sticky. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. I swear they've gotten harder, Uh, right? Like, Like, when I was a kid, I remember them being a lot more like a soft caramel. And then I remember, like, there's this break, right? And then I think, God, I was an adult. I don't even remember when. And somebody offered me, like, some milk duds at a movie or something. And I swear to God, I saw the same things. Like, this thing's going to, like, I'm going to have to go to the dentist because this thing's going to, if it doesn't pull my fillings out, it's going to crack them. I think the thing I is. believe it. It was terrible. I think, Anita, the thing is, the milk dud factory actually shut down around 1973. <laughs> but they made so many of them that they're, these are still they're the still old circulating. ones from that time. Oh, my God. They're still circulating. Like, yeah. they've got them in cold storage somewhere, right? Exactly. Well, and they just, like. Yeah. Release them periodically, like once every six months. They just have like a release of uh, like, uh, you know, 10,000 boxes. They haven't exhausted the National Reserve of Milk Duds, even though the Ugh. even though the factory's been shut down for 30, 40 years. So. All right. Very good. Well, hey, sounds like you're going to have a lot of fun on your deep, dark cul-de-sac in the hard scrabble <laughs> roads. and in, in, in. Well, my dogs will. Oh. They like to really bark at whoever comes to the door. Jeez. Well, now, hey, if you're trick-or-treating in Salt Lake, now you know know where not to go if you're looking yeah, for that the great candy. <laughs> Just going to get barked at. Uh, I'm like... I'm like the Halloween Grinch that stole the candy or something. Like, you know, come to my house. It's going to be dark. 
And if you knock on the door, the dogs are just going to bark like they're going to try and get through the door at you. Oh, boy. <laughs> and they're what? big. They're big dogs. They're not – they're like 70-pound dogs. They're not like little <laughs> tiny purse dogs. <laughs> purse dogs. <laughs> Well, hey, we'll have some fun watching some hockey on uh, YouTube and even maybe even on that uh, Black Dog over on uh, Thursday night. Anita, we appreciate you being on the WCHL podcast as always. And I promise I'm not going to go through and beep something, but I'm going to get in there and I'm going to cut the your, when you said your name out. And the next time we have you on, we'll have an intro just for Anita. Oh, my goodness. I know. Oh, my goodness. I can't wait. Two Going big can't time. Wait going big time all right well hey thanks to everybody for listening to the wchl podcast thanks to anita for being on here you can follow anita on twitter at sabaku inc spell that for the or people. my name s like sam a b a k u i n k or my name anita tuchia there you go both and, of which are simple to spell just like the sound <laughs> uh follow uh the wchl pod on twitter at wchl pod the western chl is on twitter as well at western chl um i'm on twitter at cjp in okla anita will have lots of uh just provincial things to say on twitter and to retweet i will just do you know burp jokes and fart jokes and stuff like that so all, all I, the dentists who are listening are going to be turning tuning in because they said she doesn't eat candy <laughs> well yeah four out of five dentists will not like this uh podcast <laughs> simply because you're That's not right. you're not keeping them in business that's right. So we appreciate everybody uh, going out to the rink. We want uh, folks to uh, support the WCHL and support the kids that play ACHA hockey. It's um, uh, we, the reason why we do this. I mean, we have fun. We're just jerking around here and, and talking hockey, even though we're not hockey folks. Uh, not me. But the reason why we do this is because these kids are playing for the pure love of the game, and they deserve all the recognition in the world that they can possibly get. And we hope to shine a little bit of light their way and um uh yeah i think we're gonna have anita start doing some uh, player interviews and then we'll uh we'll, we'll, we'll yeah that should be fun we'll, we'll we'll add some more stuff throughout the season so anita thanks for being on the podcast and uh thanks for putting up with me and all of my bs and, and uh, we want to thank everybody for listening to the WCHL podcast give us uh some ratings give us five stars give us whatever it is that you want um, give Chris your candy. Yeah, give Chris definitely give Chris the candy. Chris so, wants your Halloween candy, folks. I, I definitely want the candy. There's no doubt about that. I buy candy based not on what the kids want, but what I want. So, uh, all right, I'm going to hit this button. <laughs> That's all, and Anita, let's get the heck out of here. Okie doke. All right. Here we Sounds go. Sounds good to me. Take care, and we'll talk to everybody uh, this time next week. Have a fun time at the rink, and stay safe. <laughs>